You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are all over in Tokyo competing for the goal. And DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for my listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often. So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all the action. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will as well. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome Brad to New York. Paul. This is is the Devil State State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! Luke! What is going on, Devils fans? It is your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to a very exciting edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here exclusively on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place as always to get the most up-to-date news topics and conversations and so much more about your New Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are as fired up as I am because, folks, this is the 2021 NHL Draft Recap For the most part, we're just going to recap what the Devils did, but there are a couple of other picks, particularly in the first round, that I wanted to discuss. And obviously, you guys already know by now who the Devils selected. And what we're going to do is pretty much we're just going to say who the Devils took, and then we're going to, you know, do a little bit of, I guess you would say, read off a little bit about, you know, some of the positives and things from each player that we took. And also, 
ladies and gentlemen, we have some really, really interesting things to talk about involving free agency. You guys are listening to this at the earliest, uh, Monday, July 26th. The beginning of the free agency period begins on the 28th of July, so on Wednesday. So it's going to be very interesting. And if this episode is exciting, potentially with some things that could happen, the very next episode is going to be even more exciting. So stay tuned for that. But as always, we have a bunch to talk about. So let's not waste any more time and drop the puck. So we'll start with just obviously doing some of the recaps. So again, there are a handful of picks, not necessarily, not really involving the Devils, that I also wanted to talk about. And you start with obviously the Devils were picking at number four, but there were three picks that happened prior to that picks one, two, and three. Uh, defenseman Owen Power from the University of Michigan went number one overall to the Buffalo Sabres. Not really a surprise considering at that at this moment, he was pretty much on almost every draft board going to go number one overall. I know that there was some speculation that maybe because Owen Power said that he was going to go back to Michigan next year that the Sabres may not take him, but I don't think there was ever any sort of concrete to that. I think that that was pretty clear that Owen Power was going to go number one. Uh, the Seattle Kraken making their first ever NHL entry draft selection. They took another University of Michigan product, center Matthew Beniers, who is considered to be probably at least the number two, most likely number one overall forward in the draft. He goes to Seattle again, most likely I think he'll be going back to Michigan Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to say this up front. University of Michigan right now should be favorites to win the Frozen Four, to win the national championship. They have a lot of NHL talent, and they have some other guys who are now going to be going to the University of Michigan. So it's just going to add on to the talent that they already have. But Matthew Beniers, a center from the University of Michigan, goes number two to the Seattle Kraken. And I don't want to say that this was a surprise, but I didn't really expect this guy's name to be going at number three, but it ended up being center Mason McTavish, who I think plays in the OHL for the Petersburg Peets, I believe. Uh, he went number three to the Anaheim Ducks. I didn't really have a chance to see the reaction from, you know, the guys from the Quack Report or any sort of Anaheim Ducks fans as to how they feel about it. But Mason McTavish is a very good player and certainly was going to be a top 10 player. I think you can even make the argument that he is a top five player. So really, it was not necessarily that I think the, the Ducks made a bad decision because I think they made a very good decision. It's just that William Eklund, to me, felt like the very next forward that was going to end up being taken. So I felt like when we got to number three overall, I thought, OK, this is probably where William Eklund goes. Um, the only issue with obviously Mason McTavish going three uh, that involves the Devils is simply this. It kind of put the Devils, I'm sure, in a difficult position of you got obviously Luke Hughes, uh, brother of Jack and Quinn Hughes, and he's a defenseman. So obviously that's that's a big plus for us. And then you have William Eklund, who is teammates with Alexander Holtz, Jurgard. So and obviously William Eklund, from what we've been told, is a phenomenal, almost elite scoring winger. And that's something that we're all very, very much uh, excited about. And so this was obviously a really tough decision at number four, but at the end of the day, not a full surprise with the fourth overall pick in the 2021 NHL entry draft, the New Jersey Devils were proud to select defenseman Luke Hughes from the U.S. National Development Team. He is actually committed to the University of Michigan. So again, 
Not a surprise at all. Considering a lot of the mock drafts, considering how a lot of fans were talking, it seemed like that it was pretty much a guarantee that Luke Hughes was going to go to number four. I kind of wonder to myself, if the Devils were at three, two, or even one, would they have selected Luke Hughes? My opinion, I think they would have taken Luke Hughes at three. I don't think they would necessarily take him at two. And I know for certain they wouldn't have taken him at number one. Because I think that they would have looked at Owen Power, six foot four defenseman, well over 200 pounds. I mean, it would have been really, really hard to not select Owen Power number one if the Devils were there. But they ended up getting another, what they hoped to be a franchise defenseman in Luke Hughes, six foot two, like I said. Um, from a lot of reports, he's a great skater, capable of playing a smart defensive game. That was the only knock on Luke Hughes that I had, was simply that. I feel like he has struggled a bit with his defensive game, but again, he's 17 years of age and he's going to be able to go to Michigan and try to work on that. And again, very similar to some other draft picks we've made in the past. Don't expect Luke Hughes to be in New Jersey right away. Um, there is the possibility considering the devils are doing a rookie camp uh, this year and also going to be doing a rookie tournament in Buffalo, like they were doing for a couple of years prior to obviously last year, there's a chance that he may, be with them. I think it would make a lot of sense uh, to just kind of do that. They're not necessarily doing a development camp, although that would be great. Maybe they'll wait till the 2022 season to do that um, when things continue to hopefully improve with COVID-19 and everything like that. So that's something that we could all hope for. But the, the best thing for me, the most wholesome moment of the entire experience of Luke Hughes getting drafted was seeing Jack Hughes, who was sitting to the left of Luke just jump up with excitement and just hugging out his brother and just going absolutely nuts. He actually looked like he was more excited than Luke Hughes was to be drafted by the devils. And so now we have two of the three Hughes brothers within the devil's organization. And now we're already hearing, you know, from a lot of devils fans. Okay. So now just give it another year or two. And we're going to be able to uh, bring in Quinn Hughes, which would obviously be phenomenal. Um, we'll see what happens with that. It would be pretty amazing to have, three different, you know, all three Hughes brothers on the same team. Uh, but drafting Luke Hughes is a tremendous one. Some people even had him as the number one overall prospect in the draft. And some, and I remember because he got hurt, he had a, I think he had like an ankle injury, I believe. Um, some people have speculated that if he didn't get hurt and played the rest of the year, he would have worked his way into probably being the number one overall pick. So maybe the Devils got the, the best player in the draft at number four which is phenomenal. So Luke Hughes goes number four to the New Jersey Devils. Luke, welcome to the New Jersey Devils organization. Luckily, you do have some familiarity with the organization, and we're super excited to have you a part of this Devils organization. And again, just to uh, give you a little bit of, um, I guess, stats, if you really want to hear it, uh, this past year, uh, Luke Hughes had six goals, 28 assists, uh, he had 68 shots on goal and a plus minus of 11 in 38 games for the U.S. National uh, Development Team under 18. So that was who uh, he was playing for. And again, Luke Hughes is committed to the University of Michigan, so he'll be going there to join other first round picks, Owen Power, Matt Veneers, and also Kent Johnson, who went uh, to Columbus at number five. So right after the Devils. Uh, and then Simon Edmondson went to Detroit. At number six, again, Simon Evanson was very big on my list of defensive prospects and somebody that I think long-term 
could really be that number one defenseman. I hope it ends up being Luke Hughes, um, but I'm just saying Simon Edmondson has a lot of lot of upside. Uh, that's just the way I look at it. And then we got to pick seven. Then we got to pick seven. And this was where it was interesting. San Jose Sharks picking a number seven. The, it was pretty much, it seemed like on a lot of mock drafts that the Sharks, because obviously they do need goaltending help and they don't have a whole lot, that they were probably going to end up taking Jesper Wallstead um, at number seven, the number one overall goaltender in the NHL draft. And a guy that I'm certainly high on, more high on than I was than on Askarov the year before. I mean, I really think that Wallstead is going to be a tremendous goaltender and he's going to be a franchise goaltender for whoever takes him. Um, but the Sharks ended up taking pretty much, I think at this point, the best player on the board, they took, they ended up taking Alexander Holtz's teammate, left winger, William Eklund. Uh, that's a great pickup for the Sharks Add some scoring ability. Again, probably he's not going to come over to San Jose right away. He's probably going to say in your garden. Um, and obviously I saw that Alexander Holtz was with, uh, William Eklund in person uh, to watch that. And I think a lot of people were wondering, you know, how that reaction was going to be if William Eklund had gone four. Uh, and I'll just say this really quickly. The only way that William Eklund was going to end up going four to the Devils is simply if Luke Hughes and also probably Matthew Beniers were taken prior to um, number four. So in so let's put it this way. If Owen Power had gone one, Beniers still goes two. And then instead of taking Mason McTavish, Anaheim takes Luke Hughes then probably it's William Eklund. Um, and then maybe it's Simon Edmondson, and then it's probably Jesper Wallstead. That's probably what I think the board was. I think at that point, they would have looked at it and said, let's take the best player available. Let's go with William Eklund. That's the way I would have looked at it. But obviously, um, the stars aligned. Seemed like it was fate. Luke Hughes going number four, and William Eklund going seven to San Jose. And then Devils prospect Graham Clark's brother, Brant Clark, another player that was a potential Devils draft pick at number four. He went number eight to the Los Angeles Kings. So, you know, good for him. Uh, and obviously the prospect pool at LA just gets better and better. So that's something. And then the next big pick, I'm not saying that the other players that were taken after eight were not big, but the next big storyline was Jesper Wallstead continued to fall. He got past the top 15, and I started saying, what the hell is going on here? You know, wh where are we going here? Like, why is he continuing to fall? And I was thinking to myself, you know what? The Devils have the 29th overall pick. They could potentially trade up and draft him. And I was thinking, yo, if we could trade up and get Wallstead, and our first round ends with getting Luke Hughes and Chesper Wallstead, that's going to be an A-plus, in my opinion, an A-plus first round. Um but obviously, it wasn't meant to be as the Minnesota Wild traded up. Uh, I think they ended up trading two picks uh, with one of them being the first round pick they had. The Minnesota Wild traded up with Edmonton to select goaltender Jesper Wallstead at number 20. And that is another one of those Ken Holland specialties. A lot of Edmonton fans were not happy that they ended up trading away that pick and didn't take Wallstead themselves. But Jesper Wallstead goes to the Minnesota Wild at number 20. And you think about it right now with Kapo Kakinen. And now just for Wallstead, Minnesota has one of the most impressive gold, young goaltending tandems in the NHL. If they continue to do things, you know, if they can obviously get uh, Kirill Kaprizov signed and obviously keep Kevin Fiala and that main core along with the goaltending, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with for years to come in the Western Conference. And it's going to be fun to watch. And it's, you know, I've always had a soft spot for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, there are obviously a lot of fun to watch. They have a lot of likable players. Uh, they do have some Devils um, 
alumni. They have Billy Guerin, former Devils draft pick, uh, as the general manager of that team. They did have Zach Parise, but obviously he got bought out uh, a little while ago. But a great job by Billy Guerin to trade up to select Jesper Wallstead. But I'll say this. If Wallstead had gotten past 20, and let's say he had gotten even past 25, the Devils, in my opinion, should have traded up then. Or even then, they should have just tried to trade up because I get it. We have a lot of young goaltenders in our system, ones that we don't even know are going to be NHL uh, projected goaltenders. And we even drafted Nico Dawes, the number one North American goaltender in last year's draft. Um, and obviously, we have Mackenzie Blackwood. But it can never hurt to just continue to stockpile on that because you could also use them for trades and other things like that. But I, I'm so high on Jesper Wallstead, you guys have no idea. And I'm talking specifically to the soda pod. You guys want me to come on and hype up Jesper Wallstead more and more. Let me know. I'll do it because I'm telling you guys, this guy is going to be special. And another team, by the way, that I really thought should have taken Wallstead. And I know I'm going on and on about this guy and I'll continue on here in just a moment. But another team I thought that should have taken him was Nashville because yeah, I get you have UC Saros and you have Askarov, but let's, but let me just point this out. What if you had a goaltending tandem of Askarov and Jesper Wallstead, and you literally didn't have to trade up. You just sat there and took both of them. That's a phenomenal goaltending tandem, a potentially, you know, lethal goaltending tandem with a Nashville team that obviously I think right now is starting to think about doing a rebuild. Not necessarily a bad idea. Just a thought. But again, Jesper Wallstead, top goaltender in the NHL draft, goes number 20 to the Minnesota Wild. Then we go to pick number 29. Now, before we start, I'm sure you all knew that Kevin Weeks had tweeted out prior to the start of the draft that the Devils and San Jose Sharks were talking about a potential trade. And it looked like it was going to be for left winger and Switzerland teammate of Nico Hischier, Timo Meyer. It sounded like the Sharks were trying to get back into the first round after pick number seven. And the Devils were one of the few teams that had multiple first round picks. And it definitely seemed like the Devils were not keen on really drafting anybody with pick number 29. It seemed like they were more willing to either trade back, maybe get a couple more draft picks, or use it to get an NHL-ready player. And talks continued to go on, but we got to pick 29, and no deal was made. So the Devils ended up picking a player at pick number 29, and they ended up selecting right winger Chase Stillman, six foot one currently playing for the Sudbury Wolves of the Ontario Hockey League. He did not play in the Ontario Hockey League because the OHL uh, season was canceled. They did not play. He actually ended up playing in Denmark's Junior League for S. Jurg, uh, and in eight games, this is very impressive, by the way, in just eight games, he scored nine goals and seven assists. That's pretty damn impressive, if you ask me. He also helped Team Canada win the 2021 IIHF Under-18 World Championships, adding two goals and an assist in seven games. And he is the father of two-time Stanley Cup champion with the, with the I think, I know one of them is Tampa Lightning and also the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, is Corey Stillman. So that's uh, obviously something there. Um, obviously, a lot of you Devils fans were not thrilled about this pick. Did not know who Chase Stillman was when they took him. Don't know exactly um, who, I mean, there were a lot of pretty good players from what I was told um, that were available at that pick. Uh, the Devils went with Chase Stillman. From what I heard from Tom Fitzgerald, they didn't end up going with best player available at 29. They went with somebody that 
They wanted to bring in a more physical type of player. Some people even say his ceiling is probably a guy like Blake Coleman, which I mean, if Chase Stillman becomes the second coming of Blake Coleman, I'm not going to complain. And I get why Devils fans are frustrated and would say, oh, it's a bad pick and bad, bad pick here. Let me just say this as a whole with the draft. The draft though, as a whole is a crapshoot. I've mentioned that before. It's just a crapshoot. So really, we don't know that this guy's going to be a scrub. We don't know at all. And yeah, it might take two or three years before he makes the NHL. He may very well never make the NHL. Hell, he might be somebody that we end up trading to acquire a, a talented player. I don't know. We don't know. And I can see why people would also say this pick is similar to us taking Shahir uh, Mukamadulin last year um, in the NHL draft. I can see that because it seems like a reach to a lot of people. But again, I'll mention this as well. Everybody's draft board in the NHL, I'm sure, was different. And because there was very little time to scout, there wasn't that many players to scout, it just made things harder. So maybe Chase Stillman would have um, been an even higher pick had he actually played in the OHL this year. But him to just play overseas and do some of the damage that he did is pretty impressive in just eight games. I mean, you you have to think about it. 16 points in just eight games? He, that's pretty much a point-per-game player or multiple point-per-game player. Very, very impressive. And Chase Stillman is really much more of a grinder, physical player, and Toppets Jones said that we need to have more of that. So not really against it. I know some of you, like I said, are not wild about it. But again, we don't know what's going to happen with these guys. You know, let's just give it time. Let's just, and look, let's trust Fitzgerald. So far, he's done a very good job with a lot of different things. Let's just believe in him and the scouting department that they're doing the best they can and the best for the New Jersey Devils. And again, this is a guy that really loves to compete. And that's something that Tom Fitzgerald really wants. So Chase Stillman goes 29 to the New Jersey Devils. Chase, welcome to the New Jersey Devils organization. And then we go to the 31st and last pick of the first round of the of the of this NHL draft. And it was the Montreal Canadiens. They ended up selecting Logan Malu, um, defenseman. Um, and the reason why I don't sound thrilled about it, unless you don't know, I mean, I'm sure some of you know where I'm going with this, but if you don't, let me read you something from Bleacher Report that also is um part of Katie Strang. Katie Strang's article from The Athletic, which, by the way, I would highly recommend reading because it'll help you really understand why this is such a bad decision by the Montreal Canadiens to do this. So, Logan Malu apologized for taking and sharing a photo of a woman without consent while she was performing a sex act after the Montreal Canadiens selected the defenseman with the 31st overall pick in the NHL draft. Malu was convicted in a Swedish court of offensive photography con constituting an invasion of privacy and detrimation or sorry, defamation while playing overseas, per the Athletics, Katie Strang and Corey Pronman. Despite Malus asking for his name to be withdrawn from consideration, the Canadians still picked him in the first round. Are you serious, Montreal? This kid literally said, well, he first said that he was, he was taking his name out of the NHL draft, which you really can't do at this point. Um, so, I mean, he was available regardless. But he told every NHL team, Please do not draft me. He basically said he wanted to give himself a year to better himself as a person and also continue to better himself as a hockey player and go into the 2022 NHL draft. He told everybody, please do not draft me. Yet Mark Bergervan still decided to draft him. Montreal has been such a positive thing to talk about 
for the last couple months with their incredible run to the cup final. And obviously the, the tough situation with Shea Weber and, and obviously Carey Price as well. And you look at some of the young talent they have, Nick Suzuki, score Cole Caulfield. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, they, they've had such a good feeling. And then Mark Bergevin goes back to his bullshit by doing something like this. And that to me is unexcusable. You can't come up with a decent reason for doing this. Yet the Canadians tried, and I'll read it to you in just a second. Now, Malu would go on to say he was talking to Greg Wyshynski, a guest, a prior guest of the Devil's State of Mind podcast of ESPN. He said, I know I said that I didn't want to be drafted this year, but as a young man who wants to become a better person, I feel that being accompanied by the Canadians organization will help me greatly. They've committed to help me grow as a person. I hope the fans there do learn to accept me. I do feel remorseful. I hope that not only the girl, but the whole fan base knows that as well. It was a stupid, immature mistake to make. The woman that was involved in this, by the way, asked or pretty much demanded from Malu an apology. And he didn't write a letter and it wasn't very long. He wrote something that was like three sentences long. He texted her a three sentence long apology, which is, which I think to me kind of just goes to show you how, you know, things went with this and obviously how he really feels and everything. And it's difficult. After the selection, the Canadians released a statement that um, per David Quadrelli of the Daily Faceoff, of Daily Faceoff, they said, quote, by drafting prospect Logan Malu with the 31st overall pick, the Montreal Canadiens organization not only selected a promising hockey player, okay, but also a young man who recently admitted to making a serious mistake. No shit. The Canadians are aware of the situation and by no means minimize the severity of Logan's actions. Logan understands the impact of his actions. His recent public statement is a genuine acknowledgement of his poor behavior and the first step on his personal journey. We are making a commitment to accompany Logan on his journey by providing him with the tools to mature and the necessary support to guide him in his development. We're also committed to raising awareness among our players about the repercussions of their actions on the lives of others. Logan Malu was not um, punished for what he did. All he did was accused and forced to apologize. There were no repercussions from this. Yet you still drafted him. One of the repercussions should have been, he's not drafted. And he has to wait till next year. And he has to prove himself. Yet you still drafted him. And not only that, you drafted him in the first round. I know it's 31st overall, but you drafted him in the first round. What is wrong with you? How could you do that? Oh, and then things got even worse. Bob McKenzie tweeted out that apparently several other teams were planning on possibly drafting him in the second round. Why? I get it. He's a very good hockey player. Very good. Probably was going to be a first round pick. Anyway, even with, you know, if, it, if this didn't happen, he was probably going to be a first round pick. Yet you chose to still draft him regardless of this. Despite this, I don't get that. I don't get it. Wyshynski noted also that Malu was fined by Swedish authorities for taking and sharing the photo without the women's consent. She also reported that the defenseman was not aware Montreal was going to draft him until it was announced. So Malu wasn't even watching this because he, he made it clear, do not draft me because I want to better myself. Now, he was drafted by the Montreal Canadiens. And I do appreciate Malu apologizing but it's going to take a lot more than that. And I'm sure he understands that. And it's not, I'm obviously disappointed and, and very angry with Logan Malu for doing what he did. 
but I'm also really pissed off with Montreal having the balls. Let me let me include everybody in Montreal. Mark Bergevin had the balls to still select this guy. I I can't believe that. I actually cannot believe that. So all I could say about that is this. Um, number one, Logan Malu, you better you better fix yourself, man, because you got a long road to getting on people's good side again. You have a long road to go. And I hope you're at the forefront of really making sure that this type of stuff doesn't happen again. Because if it can, you know, if you're still doing this, then you're just part of the problem. And Montreal, you better hope. Number one, you better make sure that you're helping this guy. Number two, you better hope that this doesn't happen again. Because if it happens again, this could be something that Mark Bergevin, this, no, this will be something Mark Bergevin will never, ever be able to live down. So that's, that's the warning here. So keep that in mind. But yes, defenseman Logan Malu went 31 overall to the Montreal Canadiens, despite the disgustingness that he did with this woman earlier um, last year. And also, I think it was this year. But that was not the best way to end the first round. So it was a pretty low moment to end the first round. So now we're going to shift back to something obviously more positive. We're just going to go quickly here through the rest of the picks the Devils made in this draft. They didn't have a second-round pick because they traded it to Vegas a couple of years ago to uh, get Nikita Gusev. So they didn't start round two, uh, day two until round three. Pick number 68th overall, they selected center Samu Solomon, a six foot two, 182 centerman. He shoots left. He currently plays for Joe Carriott Jr., um, which is actually their main team is in the KHL, but their junior team plays in a Finnish league. And Joe Carriott has one of the best hockey jerseys in the world. If you haven't seen them, look it up. I highly recommend you try to go get one. It's phenomenal. I'm definitely going to try to go get one. Um, here's a quick scouting report. Samu is a big center who plays a two-way game at the U18 with the national team. He was the number one center on the team. I believe he was also the captain of the Finnish team. So that shows you some leadership right there, which, I mean, we have a couple other guys that have been alternate or even captains of some international teams. So that tells you a lot about what they think of this guy. He was a leader, killed penalties, played power play. He's a big body. We believe that can be a top second or third line player. This was from Greg Royce, the director of European scouting for New Jersey Devils. Um, and then also there's a thing called Quotum. I'm reading a lot of this from the Devils website. It says there's a good draft. There's good draft picks over the last few years. There's good players, and I'm proud to be one of those guys. That was Samu Solomon when he had his media um, availability after he was drafted. So six foot two center. Obviously, this is a guy that can play two ways. He could be a good defensive center, could be a good offensive center. I'm cool with it. And we got to see a little bit behind the scenes from the Devils, um, where Greg Royce was actually talking about uh, Samu Solomon and basically saying to Tom Fitzgerald, we need to draft this guy. So he told them that he told them everything about it. And then Tom Fitzgerald said, all right, we're taking him. And they stayed right there at 68th overall. And that's who they took. So Samu Solomon goes 68th overall in the third round to New Jersey Devils. Welcome to New Jersey, Samu. Then we go to round four, 100th overall pick. The Devils, because they do this every year, not a surprise. I'm not knocking them for it. Not a surprise. They took a goaltender. They took goaltender Jakob Malik, six foot three. 159 pounds, and right now he currently plays for VHK, um, I think the V is or Zetin of the Czech 2 League. 
Um, so again, kind of the fun part about these picks is that you learn about a lot of leagues that you've never heard of and you, you're kind of curious about it. Some Devils fans were not wild about this pick, not because it was a goalie, but because the goaltender they selected in some people's draft was not even somebody that was going to end up being drafted, but the Devils took him in the fourth round. Again, another pick that a lot of Devils fans uh, crapped on when the Devils took it, but it's fine. It's, it's not a big deal. Again, we don't know where these guys are going to be in the next two or three years. We're getting talent regardless who we're taking here. I think that's the way we got to look at it. And you can't just go off of the rankings and just assume that this is a bad pick. If the Devils saw him and they really like him, that's who they're going to take, regardless of what fans tell them to take. By the way, I also had a chance to speak with Jakob a little bit on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at Devil's State of Mind. Um, I tagged him on a post on my on the Instagram feed and also on a story, and he actually um, responded and said, thank you so much. I'm happy to be part of uh, the Devil's organization. And I said, of course, man, we're super excited to have you. Uh, there is the possibility that maybe down the road we could have him on as another guest on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. We had Devil's Draft Pick from last year, Artem Schling, come on last year, if you remember that. And if you didn't, please go check out that episode. Uh, highly appreciate it. Um, but yeah, Jakob's a really nice guy, really cool. He's just super excited to be in New Jersey. And we just add on more talent to the goaltending um, prospect pool that we have. So Jakob, welcome to the New Jersey Devils organization going at pick number 100 in round four go to round five number 129th overall the devil selected another defenseman six foot one 194 pound defenseman from the pelicans in the finnish league tobias Vilen. now this is a really really um really intriguing prospect let me read you a little bit of a scouting report again this comes from greg royce the director of european scouting for the devils he said tobias and i i apologize if i said that wrong or um, Tobias is another character player, big defenseman, kills penalties, plays power play, transports the puck well. He has a very good hockey IQ. He can play physical. He's not really fancy, but very, very reliable. He's a very predictable defenseman. And there's nothing wrong with that. This guy seems like a defenseman that could do just about a little bit of everything. It could be a really good depth defenseman for us moving forward. He also has some really nice hair. Go check out his media avail on the Devil's website or whatever. He's got some really nice flow. Really love to see it. So another really good pick, another solid pick. Um, Tobias also said, I think I can be a strong two-way defenseman and a great teammate. There's not, that's great. We love hearing that stuff. And again, Fitzgerald is not only going to pick players that are talented, but guys that compete and also can be really good character guys as well. So that could be another reason why maybe they take some players instead of some others, depending on who they take. So I'm really I'm really looking forward to seeing what Tobias can do. And again, we're just adding more talent to our pool. So Tobias, welcome to the New Jersey Devils organization. And now we go to the sixth round, pick 164. The Devils selected another defenseman. And ladies and gentlemen, when I read you this guy's height, you're going to be ecstatic. Six foot five, 191 pounds from Basteris Jr. of the Swedish Junior League, Victor Herdig. A big guy that's raw, that can skate, very movable, thinks the game well. And he's playing in the Vasteris system, so he has a bright future ahead of him. From what I've been told, Vasteris is a very, very good organization, very good program to develop NHL players. So obviously the Devils got somebody that they feel very confident can develop more overseas before coming here. I think we got a real good steal pick at point at that point. And a lot of, a lot of people that I saw 
actually said the same thing, that they were surprised that Victor was available in the sixth round. They thought he would go in the fourth or fifth. So the Devils um, were told that basically they got a guy that's a fourth or fifth round talent in the sixth round, which is great. And remember, Jesper Bratt was a sixth round pick, and now he's one of our top, our top players. So you never know who's going to be those, those really talented guys that you take in this draft. You got to go with the, with the guys you think are going to really help you, and that's what they did. So Victor, welcome to the New Jersey Devils organization. And then we go to the Devils' final pick of this draft in round seven, pick 203 overall. The Devils selected a right winger, six foot two, 198 pounds, currently playing for Vityaz Podolsk in the KHL, and he actually will be playing for SKA St. Petersburg next year. Zakhar Bartikov, great name. Already know that I'm going to like this guy. Uh, don't really have any um, reports on him, but when I call, he's a very speedy um, type of winger, and the Devils certainly love speed, and he's another guy that could just give you some good value in the later round. So, Zakhar, welcome to the New Jersey Devils organization. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the New Jersey Devils 2021 NHL draft as a whole. That's our whole recap. I posted a tweet earlier today on Sunday. What you guys thought? Do you, do you guys think it was a great draft? Good? Meh? Or really bad? Most of you guys said it was good. Some of you obviously said that, it, that we made some questionable picks and we missed out on some guys that we could have easily taken. I get that. My only criticism is not even really much of a criticism is that I would have liked to have seen the Devils try to make a move to um, try to trade up to maybe take Jesper Walston in the first round. That's the only, but that's not even a knock. And yeah, it would have been great for us to maybe make a trade with San Jose to get a guy like Timo Meyer, a, a top six winger that could certainly help us, but it didn't end up happening. But you know what? Understand this. Just because it didn't work out now doesn't mean that the Devils may not circle back and do it again or look for somebody else. So let's keep that in mind. So again, what do you guys think of this draft? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Let me know on Twitter at Devil State and also on Instagram at Devil State of Mind. I would love to hear from you guys. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on to the second part of this edition of the Devil State of Mind podcast. And again, what I'm going to tell you here, all of this is going to be just before the beginning of the free agency period. So I'm going to be probably recording the next episode on the 28th, probably later in the evening, once we start seeing some of the free agent moves happening, because there is the potential that the Devils could acquire possibly the top free agent on the market. And that free agent is Dougie Hamilton. And that's somebody that the Devils have been rumored with for basically since the offseason began. He's constantly been rumored to be a guy that the Devils are going to be high on. And as we've gotten closer and closer to that July 28th beginning um, of free agency, it seems like more and more the Devils are going to be one of the final teams that's really going to be pushing for that. But before really quickly that I, I talk about this, I want to read something from Devil's Red Alert on Twitter at Devil's Red Alert. It's a great, great page, awesome YouTube channel. Go check them out. I would highly appreciate it. Um, he actually put out the core that we that some of the core that we have of this New Jersey Devils organization. He said Nico Gishier, Jack Hughes, Ty Smith, Luke Hughes, Alexander Holtz, Dawson Mercer, Mackenzie Blackwood, Jesper Bratt, Pavel Zaka and Igor Sharangovich. The oldest player here is 24. This is an incredibly talented and impressive young group of players. We certainly do have a lot of that. Now, when it comes to Dougie Hamilton, the first thing that we saw, the first thing that I heard 
was from Elliot Friedman yesterday talking about Dougie Hamilton saying that the Carolina Hurricanes want to know what Dougie Hamilton's status is with free agency before the 28th. So they want him to make a decision as to what he wants to do. Does he want to try to make a deal work in Carolina or does he really want to test free agency and go somewhere else? And Carolina gave him the opportunity to go out and test the market. And there is a good chance that he's going to get a considerable amount of money and be one of the highest paid defensemen in the NHL. And he honestly deserves it considering what he's been able to bring to the table for both um, for Boston for a little bit, for Calgary, and also for the Carolina Hurricanes. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, we also saw that Elliot Friedman on his 31 thoughts podcast, he reports again that the devils are all in on Dougie Hamilton. He also says the Chicago Blackhawks, Philadelphia Flyers and Seattle have all dropped out of the race. And it makes sense. Chicago acquired Seth Jones. Yeah. Um, so they got him, the Philadelphia Flyers, they got Rasmus Ristolainen and Ryan Ellis and Seattle. I guess they just feel like that they're at, he's asking for too much and, Maybe they don't want to go down that route. Maybe they're going to give a lot of money to Gabriel Landeskog when Franchi starts. So really, at the moment, right now, at the time of this recording, the only two teams that are involved with Dougie Hamilton are the New Jersey Devils and the Carolina Hurricanes. And a lot can really change. But again, that's really what it is. Um, he also goes on and says that about Dougie Hamilton, if he wants an 8 by 8 or Petrangelo money, which is what, you know, which is an absurd amount of money, uh, the one place I look at that stands out to me is the Devils. I think they want to make a splash. I really do. That Luke Hughes reaction is worth something to that franchise. I think that the Devils, like you said, they really do want to make a splash. And Dougie Hamilton is that. It's not To me, it's not going to be the last move that they make if they do end up getting him. But what it will do is it will make New Jersey even more interesting to other people to say, you know what? Dougie Hamilton's there long term. And you look at some of the other guys, a lot of their guys are locked up long term. This, is, this could be a place where I could go that could be really, really phenomenal. And I'm really looking, I'm really interested to see where it goes. And again, a lot can change between now and the start of free agency. So that's something to just keep in mind moving forward. But also, I wanted to share something that I ended up seeing that I thought was really phenomenal and really caught my attention. And it was first shared by uh, Devil's fan page on Instagram at devils.fanpage. Uh, he pointed this out that apparently this came from a New York Post article, uh, and I'll read it here. The New York Post is reporting that Dougie Hamilton and New Jersey Devils have expressed mutual interest in one another. I mean, when you're, you most likely are the only team that's going to offer you exactly what you want, I can see why there's mutual interest. Um, Tom Fitzgerald reportedly recently sent out an email to Hamilton and other select free agents that includes a link to a dedicated site meant to feature ownership the organization, and it's titled First Class Organization, the staff, the fans, and the community. Fitzgerald said in the email, quote, it is our collective responsibility in New Jersey to build us back to a level of greatness. And I feel we are way on our way there. That's, that's tough to say three times fast. Fitzgerald writes in closing, let us build our new legacy together. Fitzgerald also said, Jersey is an incredible place to play and live. Players who come here quickly realize all that the state has to offer. We are close to major cities, beautiful beaches, fine dining, and a myriad of entertainment options. We're also home to many welcoming communities. In fact, many Devils families were built and grown right here in the Garden State. Look, Tom Fitzgerald's not from Jersey. He's only been here a couple of years working under 
Ray Shiro and now being the general manager, but I'm sure he's learned a lot and has really enjoyed his time being here in New Jersey. This is an incredibly impressive way to convince free agents. This is something I've never seen from any team. He's sending out an email in a very long email explaining all the benefits of coming here. And look, We've never really been a place that it's attracted big name free agents. Kovalchuk doesn't count because we traded for him and then signed him to a long-term deal. This is an opportunity that could really shape the future of this franchise by acquiring, by signing a top free agent, arguably the top free agent in the, on the market this year to coming to New Jersey. That will make a lot of other free agents and a lot of players in the league go, damn, that's impressive. And considering now that we've had a handful of other teams drop out, it makes the Devils a much more likely place. But I'm trying very hard personally to not get my hopes up because a lot of the time it hasn't worked out. And you don't want to end up being um, a tease in many different ways. But we, there is still a very good possibility that Dougie Hamilton could very well end up in New Jersey. And depending on, like I said before, depending on what happens throughout the day on the 28th, this next episode could be a very, even more exciting episode than the one you're hearing right now. So this is a pretty cool thing that the Devils have done. I don't know who else they've sent this email out to. They've sent it out to other free agents and we'll see what happens. But the 28th, when it opens up, is going to be one hell of a day, especially if the Devils are able to get some guys that can definitely help us. So let's keep our eye on that. And the last thing that I wanted to mention really quick is that we are hearing that there are a handful of really talented players, uh, restricted free agents, that the, that a lot of reporters are saying should definitely be offer sheeted to. And I said the Devils should be involved. I mean, a guy like Elias Pettersson is available. Throw out an offer sheet. See what happens. In worst case scenario, the Canucks just match it and you put them in a difficult spot financially. And maybe down the road, you get a guy like Quinn Hughes. This just throwing it out there. Um, you got another guy, much cheaper, Russ Colton, New Jersey native, just won the Stanley Cup with the Tampa Lightning. He is a restricted free agent. You wouldn't have to give up a whole lot to sign um, Colton to an offer sheet. And maybe Tampa just says, yeah, you can take him. It's fine. They could do that. I know the Devils have been in talks about maybe trading for some, some players' rights. Uh, obviously, I've mentioned Patrick Lining as another guy that could be an offer sheet type of player. You never know, um, but we'll see. But I think it's something to keep worth. And I think right now the main focus for Tom Fitzgerald is to get Dougie Hamilton, and then we'll go from there. He also did say, according to Neil McHale, he said that getting a 1B goaltender for Blackwood is another top priority. Like the Devils have a couple more things they got to do this offseason before they can really be like, okay, this is the team we're going with this year. Like we, we still have some moves to make. And again, the 28th of July is just a couple days away. If you guys are listening to this on the 26th, it's just two days away. Buckle up. So for the next 24, 48, 72 hours, all we're going to hear is rumors. And then we're going to see where some of these players go. It's going to be intense. It's going to be exciting. And hopefully it goes in the devil's way. What's going on, Devils fans? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. If you want to check out more of the podcast, here's what you do. 
You go wherever you listen to podcasts. So that could be Spotify, that could be iTunes, that could be Google Podcasts. You know, wh wherever you listen to podcasts, you go and you search Devil's State of Mind and you will find the new episodes that we post every week on both Mondays and Thursdays. Please also go check out the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We have podcasts for all the teams in the NHL, as well as other great hockey podcasts. So just like with Devil's State of Mind, just search Hockey Podcast Network, and you can see all the podcasts that we have on this great network. You can follow the Devil's State of Mind on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's State, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. Make sure to also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Just search at H-O-C-K-E-Y, Hockey, P-O-D, Pod, N-E-T, Net. If you want to listen to more of my voice, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, where I talk about all things going on in the wide world of sports. New episodes go out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Presents channel on YouTube, where just like the podcast, I talk about different topics that are going on in the world of sports as well. New videos go out every single Tuesday on YouTube. So it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents, and you will find it. Again, new videos out every Tuesday. You can stay up to date with all the new episodes and videos by following me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W, my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11, and also Mofobo Network on Facebook. And last, but certainly not least, go check out both my books on Amazon and Barnes & Noble right now. The first is J-E-T-S, Pain, pain, pain. The agony and the ecstasy, nah, no ecstasy of being a Jets fan. This book is about all the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So from all the painful moves, painful games, painful player decisions, painful ownership decisions, you know, where, you know anything we could think of, it's in this book. So this is really for the Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know some one of those, or if you just want to support me, go check out that book. The other book that I just published recently is titled Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. This one is all about the regrets of being a Mets fan. And even through world championships in 1969 and 1986, there is so much regret between those years, between those years, as well as the years following 1986. Both of these books are available for both hardcover and ebook for the price of 1969. So if you're a Jets fan or a Mets fan, or by some chance you're both, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So again, please go check out both of those books. The first one, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Pain and Suffering of Being a New York Jets Fan, and also Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. So once again, thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Villapiano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the amazing people that you are 
you know, every single day, you know, always remember to just be yourself and continue to kick absolute butt. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!